Hello and welcome to the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I am your host, Adam Castor. I'm here as always with my co-host, Ed Birdsall. Mr. Birdsall, how are you doing on this Wednesday? I'm fine, Adam. I'm fine. Happy playoffs. Happy playoffs. It's Waiver Wednesday, actually. Waiver Wednesday. Playoffs week one. Playoff week one. It's all new season. So it's the way you got to look at it. Everybody is zero and zero. Everybody is nil and nil. And you have to win three, maybe two if you're really lucky to win a championship. And here on the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show, we are going to do everything in our power to make sure that you go home with a fantasy title. At least put you in the best position to do so. No, 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 no. See, that's the difference. This is the difference between Adam and I. Well, I don't want to guarantee anything. I do. I do. You listen to this podcast. You listen to me because I am a serial winner. You're going to win a championship. Take your hand. I'm going to hold your hand through this. We're going to walk together. We're going to frolic in the garden. We're look at the birds. Look at the flowers. Huh, birds. Sarah did that. That was very clever. Yeah. Listen to nature. Listen to all of its wonderful sounds. And we're going to figure out ways to win a fantasy championship over the course of the next three weeks together. We're going to figure this out. We're going to do this. It's very, very tough. The next three weeks are terrible because of the amount of stress, the amount of work that goes into putting together lineups that are successful in winning championships. But guess what? You've done it the last 13 weeks, hence why you are here. Congratulations if you have made it this far. And now it is time where you've studied for the test, you've taken your pre-SATs, and now it is time for the SAT over the course of the next three weeks. Three sections, three parts. We need to make sure you pass the first part. Then we need to get to the second part, and then you get to the final part, which we're going to go through together, and we are going to make sure that everybody who listens to this podcast is successful in doing so. Do you take the SAT or the ACT when you were in high school? SAT. I I took the ACT because I like science. I I took the SAT twice. I got the same score twice. I took the ACT twice and I got like maybe two points better I think the second time because it's out of 36. Two points better is better than getting the same score twice. <laughs> yes. Because getting the same score twice the second time is a waste of time. It sure is. I will never get those five hours back. No, that was a, it was a long test. Anyway, well, the reason that I'm saying that we're going to put you in the best position to win because – you can't guarantee winning a championship. You have no idea what's going to happen on a given week. That's yes, you the can. thing. Yes, you can. Because if you listen to this podcast, you are guaranteed a championship. As much as I like to think that. And I think that we're going to put you in a good position to win a championship. You still can't predict what's going to happen unless you have a time machine. Sure you can. Because you're listening to this podcast which means you are putting yourself already in the best position to win a championship because listening to this podcast is a step in the right direction towards a fantasy championship. It is. It is. So congratulations. If you are here and you are listening to this podcast, 
you are one step closer to fantasy title. Yes. But before anyway. we get into waivers. Yeah, I was going to say, anyway, let's get into the games that happened on Monday and Tuesday before we get into waivers and before we can fully move on into fantasy playoffs. And first, the five o'clock game on Monday, which was the end of the perfect season bid for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And man, did the Washington football team look really good in this game or what? I mean, really. I can't believe I'm saying this, but hail to the team. Hail victory. It was, It's something. I mean, that was it, awesome. Yeah. One thing that's worth noting, of course, is that Antonio Gibson is probably not going to be playing next week against the 49ers. Or I guess it would be this week against the 49ers because of uh, turf toe. Real yeah, and, and that's an injury that lingers. So it would not surprise me at all if we are talking about Antonio Gibson potentially not even playing the rest of the way. Oh, my God. But But the good news for anybody that owns Antonio Gibson is the team is in the middle of a fight for the division. And based on the way Antonio Gibson has been playing, you would – be right-minded to suggest that Antonio Gibson gives the team the best opportunity to win a division. So I don't know, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll have to wait and see, but I've seen turf toe injuries before and it's never an injury. That's just a week. And then it's done. This is an injury that lingers throughout the season. And, you know, it'd be one thing if, you know, you can just rest Antonio Gibson for, two or three weeks and then you just bring them back and then you just continue with where you are. But there's four weeks left in the regular season. Three and weeks, they're really. in the middle of a division race with the giants. It's week 14. So there's right. They have three games left, right? There's three games left. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't know, but I'll give you a little tease we will be talking about Peyton Barber in this episode for sure. And Adam, by the way, my math was correct. It's four games because week 14 hasn't happened. The week 14 game hasn't happened yet. So Ah, week 14, week 15, 16, 17. Gotcha. Big brain. Anyway, yes. So we will be talking about Peyton Barber and maybe even JD uh, JD McKissick as well because he had a really great receiving day. I mean, look, you, you, you kind of know what J.D. McKissick is by now. Um, I doubt that he would be available on your waiver wire. Um, so I think I will be leaving J.D. McKissick out of that discussion. So I think it's better to just talk about him right now. Uh, J.D. McKissick, if he's available, go pick him up. But I think, you know, when we get into the waiver wire section of the, of, of the program, I, I don't think that McKissick is going to be someone that I talk about all that much just because – I can tell you for a fact that J.D. McKissick is probably going to be universally owned in the majority of fantasy leagues. I'm just taking a look here. Yeah, he's owned in 73.4% of ESPN leagues. So he is not even close to being a part of the discussion. But if you are in one of the 
26.6% of leagues where J.D. McKissick is available, I highly recommend going and pick him up. Yeah. Uh, is there anything you want to talk about with the Pittsburgh Steelers? Um, yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. There is. Jesus Christ. Are these running backs just useless? Like, yeah. The running game is just terrible. It, it, I don't get it. I don't get it because this is an offense that's built to run the football. And one of the better offensive lines. Yes. In football. Yes. Jacksonville runs the ball more than Pittsburgh does. And Jacksonville. And and they're the second worst team in football. Jacksonville runs the ball more than Pittsburgh. Let let that thought just settle in your mind. I think we run the ball more than Pittsburgh. That a team that is in line for the number two pick in the draft runs more than a team that just lost their first game and we are in week 14. That is fucking ludicrous. But but again, and I feel like it's unfair for this discussion to be had given it's off of Pittsburgh finally losing a game. But for me, I never saw Pittsburgh as the best team in the AFC. Well, no, it's obviously Kansas City still. Yes, of course. I, I Honestly, I would love to see these two play because I think Kansas City would bend them over sideways. No matter? No matter where it is? No matter where it is. In space? In space, on Pluto. On a train, on a plane. On the sun. On the sun. On the tip of the fucking Milky Way. I think Kansas City would destroy them. I I genuinely mean that. I think another a very interesting sort of matchup. I understand that this game was played in, in Pittsburgh when it happened, but have Pittsburgh go to Tennessee and play the Titans. That could be something. Maybe, maybe if you have Pittsburgh having to go and play Cleveland in Cleveland, I know it's not going to happen because Pittsburgh is going to win the AFC North, but Again, why aren't they? Well, I mean, that's week 17. We're going to see that. Right. Right. So for me, Pittsburgh was always a very fraudulent 11 and 0 team. Like I just, I never saw this team being the almighty Pittsburgh Steelers. Their defense is great. Their defense is great. Their offense is very good. But again, it says something. When there was a team that was behind Pittsburgh that was that had been beaten, that I thought was better than than them. Yeah, because I just think that the way that they, there's just something about when I watch Pittsburgh, where for me I just I get bored. Like that game up until the fourth quarter when it started to get interesting again, I was bored the entire time. I was like, oh my god, I'm actually watching this game. This game feels like. It's taking five years off of my life. I mean, this is one of those things where I think once once we saw the Dallas game where Pittsburgh almost lost to Dallas and it's Dallas, I was Dallas like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Dallas without Zach, right. I'm like, yeah, this team might not be all it's cracked up to be just because that secondary is so 
vulnerable suspect so yeah exploitable yeah i i think the chargers would give this team a run for their money at this point you mean the team that just lost 45 to nothing to the patriots exactly the patriots that lost to the denver broncos exactly at home exactly (laughs) you must expect the hall of fame caliber tight end hunter henry to have 12 catches for 220 yards and five touchdowns. Well, you see what the very much not Hall of Fame tight end Logan Thomas did against these Pittsburgh Steelers? Very true. That's very true. Yeah. I mean, he was literally, he that touchdown that he caught, I was like, where is Pittsburgh? Where are the Steelers? <laughs> where are they? What happened? Um, and a little teaser here. We'll be talking about Logan Thomas in this episode. Yeah. As as expected, of course. Go go Hokies, yeah. Go Hokies. I don't know what a Hokie is anyway. A Hokie? Yeah. I can tell you what a Hokie is. I know what I know what Hokie. You know, Hokie as an adjective, but I don't know what a uh, a Hokie actually is. Oh, it's a bird. Isn't it like a turkey? Like a relative of a turkey of the yeah. turkey? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly what it is. Yep. That's literally exactly what it is. Because all you need to do is type in hokey on Google. And honestly, I I just typed that in. I was like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to get here. This could be a dead end, and I don't even know it. Well, you could either get the adjective or you can get the the noun. True. True. Because I'm sure some people would uh, say that this podcast is pretty hokey. On occasion. A lot of people would say that. Pretty hokey, but we're going to win any championships. So, yes, take the good with the bad. Um, yeah, so such a college football thing or college sports team thing in the South where you have something that sound where you have a team name that sounds made up, That's like Aggie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, the Raging Cajuns. The Raging Cajuns. One of my favorites. The Crimson Tide. That's the true. green wave. The green wave. Um, hmm. The Sooners. Yeah. The Sooners. The like pro- if, some, if someone said, if, if you told someone that, like your grandma, if you went up to your grandma and said, hey, grandma, what's a Sooner? She wouldn't know half of what you're talking about. <laughs> or even you your pro- mom. You go up to your mom. Hey, mom, what's a sooner? Nothing. What about a ute? Uh, I think a ute is pretty self-explanatory once you give the full team name, like a Utah Utes. Then I'm like, oh. Actually, I got one for you. Okay. Before we move on to the sh- the East, the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. The mullets versus the Mormons. Yes. We love it. Oh, and by the way, by the way, before we even go into uh, Buffalo and San Francisco, and we will be talking about this actually uh, tomorrow night when we record the Basement Talk podcast with Jake Simone, so I'll go check that out. Uh, my question for you, Adam, and I won't give my take. Rapid fire, no analysis. I just want an answer before we move on to Buffalo and San Francisco. Okay. If you had a vote for the top four for the college football playoff, assuming you have Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, who would you be putting at number four? Ohio State, AM, or Florida? 
Oh, God. I think I would probably put Florida. Okay. I hate no one you, else. but I hate you, but okay. I know why. I hate, I hate you. you. I know. I Well, I mean, there are a lot of reasons. How long do you have? True. To... <laughs> Very true. I, th- I Yeah. Nope. No analysis. Nope. Nope. I have nothing to say. Okay. I could argue, but you'll have to tune into the Basin Talk podcast fantasy show. Well, if they ha- if they reschedule, if like A&M and Ohio State play each other. I pray to Lord Jesus that happens. Then I would probably change my tune. Ohio State, they released the early betting odds for that. Ohio State would be would open as 12-point favorites if Ohio State were to play AM. Yeah. And that's on the road? No, it would, be Field? In, in, it would be in Columbus. Oh, well then that's that changed. From what I from what I know. But then they were also talking about playing at the at the, uh, at the Liberty Bowl in uh hmm. in Knoxville. As like a neutral site that's in the middle. I guess, yeah. I, fuck it. You know how many people would watch that game? A lot of people. Oh my All the people. Lord. Ohio State AM at the Liberty Bowl, primetime ABC. Oh my God. Make it happen. Make it yeah. fucking happen. Okay. That's it. I'm done. I promise. Okay. So, uh, Bills 49ers. This game was, I'm surprised that this game was only a 10 point margin of victory for the Buffalo Bills because this was, uh, yeah, this is one of those. Yeah, four. I mean, Josh Allen th- had a four touchdown game, had an amazing game, really. I mean, he had 375 yards passing with four touchdowns. Didn't do much on the ground, but who cares? He threw for four touchdowns. Um, good call on Gabriel Davis, by the way. Thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah. Finally caught a touchdown from Josh Allen for once. True. But, it wasn't Cole Beasley. No. But it was Beasley season. Yeah, it, but Cole Beasley had a great game also. I mean, Jesus Christ. Uh, also, for the 49ers, the 49ers continue to be kind of mediocre without uh, their their two best weapons. Again, roses are red, violets are blue. The 49ers really suck without Garoppolo and Kittle. What else is new? Yeah. And the running back situation is just so weird now. As it, I mean, still. What the fuck is Kyle Shanahan doing? Here's a take for you. I don't think Kyle Shanahan really knows what he's doing on any given day. I think Kyle Shanahan just overthinks things. Oh, he's king at it. Like father, like son. Well, at least Mike Shanahan won two Super Bowls. Fair. Kyle Shanahan's got nothing to go off of. He could, and it he, just, listen, you should have won two Super Bowls. You know, it, it. yes, that's true. It's also very strange, at least to me, that it feels like, and I say this in the most respectful sort of way, if this is possible. I have a bad feeling about what you're about to say. It feels like the 49ers are kind of like a frat. Well, they do have George Kittle. Well, yeah, you have like Kittle, you have Garoppolo, you have John Lynch, you have Kyle Shanahan. You know, it's well, just their kind owner of like, looks like a frat boy, actually. Jed York does kind of look like he 
Jed York kind of does. Yes. Yeah. I would say Jed York though. Jed York is like the, um, he's the, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, the faculty advisor for the frat. And it's like, he just lets, he lets the frat boys just do what they want to do, but they're all a package deal. So it's like, I don't think I would ever see the day that Kyle Shanahan gets fired without John Lynch getting fired and same thing, vice versa. Well, I mean, they have, they were signed to um, identical contracts. Yes. 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 Simultaneous. I was looking for the word simultaneous, simultaneous, like eight year contracts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They'll be, they'll be working together for the duration of time till death do them part. And I mean, yeah, I mean, it is kind of like a frat house. It is. No, it, it 100% is. You, Nick Bosa, Richard Sherman. I mean, uh, you see where we're going here? Yeah. It is you a fucking well, frat house. You might as well be calling him a boy. It's a boys club. Yes. Yes. Nick Mullins is the guy that goes to the local gas station and gets all of his uh, – all of his more senior brothers dip at 2 a.m. when he's trying to pledge. I was going to say beer. Like he would be going for beer runs, but yeah, I mean, that's kind of what it is. I, I, I just, I just spoke from experience from that one. Oh, you were not, not you were in not, a, no, not me. Not me. Oh, just, I was like, you were never in a frat. No, from stories, from stories that I've heard. Oh God. No, I would never do such a thing. We barely even have a Greek but, community at Hofstra. Put my put myself out there and embarrass myself for the sake of wanting to socialize with people. Ugh, God. Yeah, no, and you have to pay for it too. Yeah, I mean, I talked I talked to you almost every day through a microphone. That's kind of the most socialization I can get throughout the day. Yeah, I mean, I already have friends. I don't need to pay for friends. I have friends. Me, myself, and I. <laughs> Three amigos right there. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So this this whole team, this 49ers team is just kind of mediocre and they seems like they're kind of comfortable with being mediocre until they get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo and they decide to uh, draft somebody else or or go get Matt Ryan from Atlanta. Can you imagine? That'd be awesome. That would be, awesome. be absolutely awesome. Um Buffalo. That's not a frat. That is no. a world-class organization that Show and exemplify how football should be played, starting from the top with their outstanding, wonderful quarterback known as Josh Allen. I thought you were going to talk about Sean McDermott, but okay. well, Sean McDermott's one of the—he is the best coach in the league, and nobody talks about. Him. I think I've been saying that now for the last year or two. He is the best coach in the league that nobody talks about, but Josh Allen. Oh my God! I mean, look. I was on the end of Josh Allen is going to be fucking incredible. So I'll give myself a pat on the back for that one because I was right. So good job, Ed. We've had a good week in terms of our guys, Josh Allen, the best receiver in the land, Corey Davis. I mean, we've just had a wonderful, wonderful week. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful week. But my God, Josh Allen, it was the first time that I feel like I've watched Josh Allen play where there is actually a method to the madness in terms of everything that he did. It was kind of like the same thing as Baker Mayfield, where I talked about Baker Mayfield was more surgeon than Superman. That I felt was the same way with Josh Allen, where 
there was much more craft. There was much more refinery in, in his game than it was just taking deep shots downfield or running 15, 20 yards. And that just sort of be that it was just a much cleaner performance from Josh Allen and from the bills. And he just, he, he basically just decided, Oh, she just told us she was okay. You know, digs six yards, cut to the sideline ball will be there. Cole Beasley run to the, run to the front of the end zone, turn around ball will be there. He put the balls where they needed to be. He was throwing dimes for 60 minutes and I give him all the credit in the world. Uh, some people still want to hate on Josh Allen. I really don't know why at this point, because he is, he is looking like the best quarterback from that draft class. Yeah, I think. I'm, I mean, if Lamar Jackson bounces back next Lamar year, Lamar Jackson just can't throw. Yeah, Lamar Jackson just can't throw. But yes, of course, Lamar Lamar Jackson has an MVP to his name. Of course, you know he, he definitely has that in his favor. But in terms of who's been the most consistent, I would probably say Josh Allen. Yeah, well, it helps to be in a good situation. Definitely, he's in a fantastic situation, and thank God he didn't go to Arizona, or thank God he didn't go to the Jets. Well, yeah, I mean, if he went to Arizona, he would have been traded for to Miami if they drafted Kyler Murray. Hey, he could have been traded to Dallas. I would have loved, I would have loved that. But at the same time, I kind of think, I kind of say to myself, you know, I've had 15 years of success with Dallas with some bad years in between, but nothing in terms of, you know, a conference championship game. What if Nick Folk didn't make that field goal? I'd be a Bills fan. And I would have my dream come true of my quarterback being Josh Allen. Yeah. What if Nick Folk didn't make that field goal? I would be a Buffalo Bills fan. That would be so weird. I would be a Bills fan. We would hate each other even more than we do now. Oh, I would loathe every single Jets fan imaginable. I well now I now I I mean I used to not like I used to not even care about the Bills when the Jets were good, but then I would all I, but I would also hate the Patriots too, so then yeah. their years of success would really hurt me a lot. Well, especially their record against Buffalo in that time. Correct. It's not great. Correct, but it's kind of like being a Rangers fan and 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 you know with the Bruins, yeah. you're kind of jealous of that success, but does it really affect you? No, not really. Because it's more of a New York-Boston rivalry. It's not really a rivalry between the two teams because the Bruins obviously have more of a rivalry with the Canadiens and the Maple Leafs, whereas we have more of a rivalry with the second-class team in New York and then the team from New Jersey. Yes. No, you're right. I normally am. Yeah. But Anywho. Uh, yes. So Dallas I mean, and Baltimore? Dallas and Baltimore. Oh, uh, we, we can we can talk about this game quick. Yeah, I mean, unfor- we were just this is I think the worst part about this game really was the fact that was the news about Des. That sucked. That I really sucked cuz I I wanted to see him play against Dallas cuz you know with the way that Baltimore was just moving the ball up and down the field last night that Des would have scored. And then yeah. proceeded then, then proceeded to quit mid-season on Twitter last night. God knows God knows if he was in a uh, right frame of mind when he put out such tweet, but 
who knows? The internet never forgets, Bert. No, it doesn't, unfortunately. Just go never ask Josh Allen about that one. Never forgets. Just go ask Josh Allen about that one. If you don't know what I'm talking about, just type on, on your little handy-dandy cellular mobile equipment. Josh Allen tweets. You'll find all you need to say. <laughs> and then some. So that's just, it's, it's art. It's art in its truest form. I mean, it's one way to put it. I would say so. It's beautiful. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. So this, this game was kind of, kind of sloppy. I kind feel of. like it was very sloppy. The game was terrible. I mean, yeah. So Lamar Jackson didn't really do well throwing the football, but at least he had a good rushing day with a 94 yards and, and the touchdown. Yeah. And I mean, that's kind of the upside as we've seen from Lamar Jackson. He's not going to do it for you with his arm, but he will do it for you with his legs. Correct. That That's Lamar Jackson, though, in a nutshell. I mean, that's just kind of what you get with him is you get the elite rushing upside, but then you have to kind of take what he does as a passer, and that is just being as inconsistent as humanly possible. So, but he had a good night. The Dallas defense is absolutely terrible and it really should be a true ass ball next week when uh, Dallas goes to Cincinnati and takes on the Bengals. And I can guarantee you, there'll probably be a lot of points scored and, and you know what it is next week, Adam? It's an Andy Dalton revenge game. It's an Andy Dalton revenge game. (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait. I'm so excited. I wonder if that's why he picked Dallas. Because he knew he was going to be playing the Bengals. He could have. He could have. Um, and there's one more thing that I do want to talk about from uh, this game, and then we'll move on to talking about the waivers. Amari Cooper. We need to have that conversation. He is, again, he's the only real consistent threat that Dallas has to offer on offense. I definitely feel like he's the only cowboy that you can consistently start. I mean, Adam, here's here's a conversation and a question that I'll ask you. If you had the opportunity where you had to start Zeke in a playoff game this upcoming week, would you play Ezekiel Elliott? Against the Bengals, you mean? Against the Bengals, yes. Middle of the pack run defense. I don't know. That's the point. Yes. I probably would just because if you get, if you have Zeke, you probably spent the draft capital to do, to get him, And it's like, you can't not start him, but you wouldn't be comfortable with it because Zeke has just fallen off a cliff. I couldn't have said it better myself. I, I don't know what I would do. I do not know what I would do in terms of whether or not I would be starting Zeke. And but that's like that is cost horrifying. Policy. Yeah. That is horrifying that you have a first round pick that you don't know what you would do with. A third overall, third or fourth overall pick in, in a lot of drafts also. Y- yes. And, and you, you aren't comfortable starting him. Right. 
That is a major, major, major problem. And you look at his schedule after Cincinnati. He's got San Francisco. He has Philadelphia. And he has the Giants in week 17. Where are you playing him? Philadelphia. I think. But again, it it, it really is just like border it's borderline plays. It's not like a locked and loaded, yes, I'm playing Zeke, like it normally is. And that in lies really a big part of the problem here. Is that it's not a locked and loaded start. It's scary to think that you have to rely on Ezekiel Elliott for him to do anything of some sort of substance. And that's frightening for a lot of people. And if you manage to get into playoffs with Zeke, I know I did it in one and I didn't do it in another. I'm giving myself a pat on the back. If you manage to get into the playoffs where, with your first round pick, Congratulations. I think that's a win in and of itself because it means you probably dominated your waiver wire and you dominated in the middle of the draft. So congratulations to you. But, you know, that's a real question that we're going to have to answer on Friday as to whether or not we're going to be starting Zeke because that's one that as of right now, I don't know the answer to. I really don't. Bird, I'm going to I'm going to say something. And I want you to be prepared for it. Okay. Because it's going to make you want to cry. Okay. Uh, you know how many touchdowns Zeke has scored since Dak Prescott got injured? One. Yes. Yep. And that he has you know how many rushing touchdowns he has scored since Dak Prescott got injured? None. None. Mm-hmm. Absolutely none. The one touchdown came against Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And and they gave him an opportunity to score last night. The three straight runs at the goal line before Amari Cooper scored on fourth down. And he couldn't punch yeah. it in. And you can blame the offensive line. You can say the offensive line is terrible. It is. It's flat out terrible. But you still expect Ezekiel Elliott to be able to do something. I know, I know there are lesser running backs in this league right now that are doing more with less. I mean, you just look at the opposite sideline. Yeah. Yeah. That's no, true. Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins both had really good games. But that comes with the offensive line. The Ravens' offensive line is considered to be one of the best offensive lines in football. Yes. Maybe look at a guy like guy like David Johnson. David Johnson was able to score. David Johnson was able to score against the Colts, who were ri- widely regarded as one of the best, if not the best defense in football. Look at Ty Johnson. I mean, like, uh, it it makes me sad. I'm done talking about this game. Can we move on on to waivers, pretty please? Yes. I beg you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. So let's move on to waivers. God bless you. Thank you. Bless you. Thank you. Bless you. Thank you. Speaking of, yeah, he's great. He's he's a great run stopper, that Quinn Williams. Anyway. Yeah. Anyhow. Um. Yes. So, the waiver wires, as far as quarterbacks are concerned, 
this comes on the heels of uh, some 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 big news that happened in between our uh, Monday show and today. And I'm sure you you are aware of what the big news is involving quarterbacks. And it is Jalen Hurts. He is starting against New Orleans. You see, Adam, I, I actually got roasted for this, and I do sincerely apologize that I had a take at the end of the show yesterday when we were talking about the Eagles that I was going to deliver. I teased it, and I didn't even give it. So terrible radio professional on my part. will never happen again. So here we are. We're going to talk about it right now. Mm-hmm. Is Carson Wentz a draft bust? A fantasy, like not a fantasy draft bust, but just a regular a NFL. A draft bust. A Ryan Leaf, Jamarcus Russell, Tim Couch draft bust. Well, not at that level. No. Tony Menerich draft bust. That's, that's, that's almost worse. <laughs> that's actually just as bad. Is he a draft bust? I think mm, this is a really tough question. You can't just be straight out and say, yes, he is a draft bust. But you can't say no either. No, you can't. It's really strange. I, I Honestly, I will go and say that his career probably died in the Coliseum. Yeah. Well, when he tore his ACL, yeah. When he tore his ACL, yes. Because he has not been the same guy since. No, he really hasn't. So, I mean, but before that, before he had the ACL, he was the league MVP. He didn't tear his ACL in the Coliseum. He wins the MVP. So, I don't know. Honestly, and this is a question that I'm sure we'll have on other shows down the line. Maybe it's a great topic to have for the debate, talking about uh, draft busts or even his Carson Wentz a draft bust. It would be a great conversation to have. But I, I honest, honestly, Adam, I don't know the answer to this question. I think I it's really more don't. I think he's on the level of like Derek Carr. Derek Carr is not really a draft bust, but I don't think he was. I don't think he has necessarily lived up to the hype. Yeah, but the difference is Derek Carr was also taken in the second round. Carson Wentz was taken second overall. That is also true. So it's different in that regard. You know, if we're talking about Carson Wentz being drafted in the second or third round, we would say, you know, a terrible injury happened, but he still was able to really outperform his draft value. And, you know, that's just sort of that. But he was drafted second overall. Yes. So I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know the answer to this question. I, I really don't know the answer to this question. But as for Jalen Hurts, uh, he is not someone that I'm targeting anywhere. Just because, even I though he like- has the rushing upside, and it, and he looked better than Carson Wentz did. Okay, we're talking half a percentage point better in terms of completions, a touchdown better, and he threw one more pick that Carson Wentz did. You're, you're splitting hairs. Splitting hairs. <laughs> okay. But 
put it this way. There are so many better options on waiver wire this week than Jalen Hurts. And I want no part of anything involving the Philadelphia Eagles. Period. So it's not just well, Jalen I mean, Hurts. Right. I don't want I don't want I don't want Miles Sanders. I don't want Jalen Rieger. I don't want Dallas Goddard. I want nobody. Well, especially right now. Nobody. I don't want I don't want any of them. No. Sorry. Nothing. Zilch. Nada. Yeah. So as far as your quarterbacks for the waiver for the waiver wire, which quarterbacks are you looking to pick up? Uh, number three, I'm going. Uh, number three, I'm going with Jalen Hurts of the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> but that is it is only for keeper and dynasty leagues. He'll turn. Yes, yes. Keeper and dynasty leagues. If Jalen Hurts is available, then yes, obviously you go pick him up, and you throw some big time fab to go pick him up. That is where I would be getting Jalen Hurts. But in redraft, no, 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 no. Thank you. Why are you um, picking up Jalen Hurts if you're in redraft anyway? You're not starting him in the playoffs. No, no, God, God, no. If, if, if look, if you're starting Jalen Hurts this week, you should you should be absolutely ashamed of yourself. Put put it this way, and, and this podcast is not endorsing you starting Jalen Hurts. If you lose, if you lose, and you say to me, oh. I lost. I listened to the podcast and I lost. Well, did you start Jalen Hurts? Yes. Oh, well, you're an idiot. Don't start Jalen Hurts. Uh, number two, I am going for Mitch Trubisky, the quarterback for the Chicago Bears, who is going up against the Houston Texans at home. And then number one, I am going with, I can't believe I'm about to say this, but I'm going to say it. Philip Rivers, quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts, going oh my. to Allegiant Stadium to take on the Las Vegas Raiders. Well, Philip Rivers has looked very good. He's looked very good, and you can't continue to ignore that. Yep. If you if if you're looking for a number three that is redraft that is not Jalen Hurts, which would be acceptable. <laughs> <laughs> it's a revenge game and it's not the one you're thinking of I'm like no that's not Philip Rivers revenge game it's Alex Smith going back to San Francisco to play the 49ers oh and when I say back to San Francisco I mean the State Farm Stadium in Glendale, Arizona <laughs> Well, I mean, you, well, that it's the organization. It's not about the organization. State. Yes, it's, it's, a, it's a revenge state. game. It, yeah, it's it's a revenge game. It's a twofold revenge game. Yes, correct. Kyle, it's Kyle Shanahan revenge game as well. It is. That, that's true. That's very true. Wait, who else were you thinking of? I was thinking Andy of Kyle Dalton. Shanahan, Andy oh. Dalton. Yeah. That was the revenge. That was the revenge game that I thought everybody was thinking of, considering we just said it ten minutes ago. Yeah, but it's not that revenge game. No, 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 no. You thought I was going to say Andy Dalton is a pickup of the week? Are you crazy? Are you out of your mind? That would be amazing. That, that would, would just never happen. It, there, there's a better chance of a blizzard happening in hell. 
that be saying Andy Dalton is a uh, worthwhile stream for any given week. Yeah. Well, you know who it's a, uh, even though he's a backup now, it's a Geno Smith revenge game on Sunday. Cause he, that's very true. Hey, maybe, maybe, maybe the jets have a shot against Seattle. Maybe, maybe, probably maybe. not. I'm not, I'm not going to say anything cause I don't want to jinx anything. Listen, listen very closely. Listen very closely. I need, I need your full undivided attention. Okay. If the New York Jets defeat the Seattle Seahawks, I will die. I'll be taking applications for a new co-host... On Monday morning. (laughs) Uh, um, We do have some breaking news on the podcast before we go and talk about the running backs for this week. Um, We have some scheduling changes to, uh, to announce in terms of week 15. So the 49ers and Cowboys have been flexed to 1 p.m. Eastern. The Jets and the Rams have been flexed to 4 p.m. Eastern. And the new Sunday night game for week 15 is the New York football Giants taking on the Cleveland Browns in Cleveland. The Odo Beckham Jr. revenge game. Oh, that's right. Never mind. Great call, NBC. See, that's what happens when when you're able to choose your Sunday night game during the season. Holy fuck. There is a revenge game. Colt McCoy. Colt McCoy. Colt oh, yeah, McCoy that's right. going back to Cleveland. That's actually kind of funny. The Colt that's McCoy. If, if, that's if Daniel Jones is not back. Oh, yes. Revenge game on Sunday Night Football. Colt McCoy. Oh, my goodness me. How exciting. How exciting, Adam. It's very exciting. You know, we haven't had it in a, in a very long time, Adam. We haven't had an immaculate stat line. We really haven't. It's so frustrating. Can an offensive lineman just score a fucking touchdown? What? Well, or, is that, or does that not count? No, well, I mean, last I think week. It counts. Last week, Phil, I mean, Cleveland. Did an offensive lineman score a touchdown? Fair. Fair. So yeah, I I mean that that's that's what it is. I mean, it's just always it's always more fun when it's a tight end or a running back or a wide receiver, especially when it's a tight end that's so affectionately named Logan Paulson. Yeah, well, you're right. I miss him. I miss him. Yeah. He's anyway, you want you want to talk about the running backs? No, I want to talk about Logan Paulson. I do too, but we have a show. Mm, it's okay. Who needs fantasy when you talk about Logan Paulson? Okay, I'm done. But our guarantee, your guarantee. Oh well, 
people are going to win championships just by playing Logan Paulson in all positions. Come on. 300, 300 points. That's right. Um, and there also is some other breaking news. Uh, Chris Godwin is not practicing today with a finger injury that he um, has been dealing with. So no practice today for Chris Godwin. Right. So as far and, as the running back. Yeah. One more. One more before we go to the running backs. I promise. I promise. Uh, okay. No Kenny Galladay at Lions practice either. Just put him on IR. God. You're preaching the fucking choir. Why? It's a great question. All right, Adam, I'm, I'm done. I promise. I swear Go to ahead. God. Go okay. ahead. Do your stick. So the running back situation. We talked about – we're going to talk about Peyton Barber. We already kind of alluded to that when we talked about the football team going to uh, Pittsburgh. The so team. Do you, the team. The team going to Pittsburgh. Love the team. There are the running back pickups. I know people have been talking a lot about Ty Johnson as well. Although I'm not, I'm not I mean, you know, you never know. I'm not convinced because he's a running back for the New York Jets. I mean, he did well. Seattle has the 24th ranked running def- rushing defense. Adam? I'm aware <laughs> what you're about to say. He's a running back who I'm plays aware. the New York Jets. I'm aware. Also depends if Frank Gore clears concussion protocol. Also true. Also quite true. Um, you also had uh, Jeff Wilson Jr., who, although you don't really know what Kyle Shanahan is looking to do on a given week until game time, basically. True. That's that, so, that is that is also a uh, very valid point. And then, other than that, I mean. Is, Car- is somebody like Coral Patterson worth a look just because he seems to be more involved in the uh, in the Bears offense this season? Um, no, just because Montgomery is, is there. But if something happens to Montgomery, then yes. But until until then, no. I mean, he scored. Um, well, he's only scored like one rushing touchdown. <laughs> and that's it. I'm kind of surprised. There you go. At this point. There you go, Adam. But he he does have special teams upside as well. Well, if you're hunting for a return touchdown, then yes. But regardless, who are your top three ads? Uh, my, num- my number three ad of the week is Adrian Peterson. Just falls under the 50% threshold of course there potentially being no carry on johnson there i believe adrian peterson is he's as good as a flex is going to get from here on out especially if there's no deandre swift so monitor that status number two is peyton barber the running back for the washington football team as for obvious reasons if there's no antonio gibson then peyton barber is going to be a worthwhile play um at least for the immediate future and then number one, I'm just going to go back. I'm going to hammer this drum a thousand more times until people start listening because I've been saying this now for, I think, the last month and a half. Cam Akers. 
Cam Akers. Cam Akers. One thing to note about Cam Akers. So I'm sure you know that Cam Akers, as you're as a big devout fan of Cam Akers, you know that he's dealing with a shoulder injury. Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sean McVay said on Tuesday that he expects Cam Akers to play on Mm -hmm. Thursday against New England. Yep. No worries. I am not concerned. All right. Cam Akers. Do it. If you're not concerned, then neither am I. It is good for you. Start Cam Akers. Pick him up and start him. It's his job. It's his job now. Start him. Please. Pretty, 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 please. Good enough for me. Um, Anybody else? Anybody on the the outside looking in? Uh, What's your definition of outside looking in? No, just like four, maybe number four, number five. Ty Johnson, I guess. Gus Edwards? No. No? No. Yeah, it doesn't interest me. Um, I would look at Kalen Balazs. I, I think that could be one that's interesting if he comes back and he's healthy. He's a great matchup against Atlanta. That could be one that's of interest. But outside of that, there really is not much on on waivers. That is something where I'm just, you know, jumping for joy over and saying, oh, yeah, I have to have this guy. I mean, I would say also that this is a very big week in terms of getting your handcuffs especially if you are on a buy if you well, have yeah. a buy if you have a buy this week i would highly recommend trying to shed your dead weight as much as you can with your team not dropping anybody that's of name value or anything like that, unless they suck. Like if it's, if it's a, I don't know, someone like a carry on Johnson, carry on Johnson. Great example. Great example, Adam gold star for you. Drop a carry on Johnson. If you have a Derek Henry, go pick up Jeremy, Jeremy McNichols. If you have a Chris Carson, Go drop carry on Johnson. Go pick up Carlos Hyde if he is available. Yep. It's just protecting yourself, especially if you are on the bye this week, where if something happens to one of your players while you're on bye, you're sitting there and you are fucking helpless. Yes. So one thing uh, is for if you have a Dalvin Cook and you're looking for, and like Alexander Madison, as you know, underwent appendectomy. Um, and he's going to be out probably uh, this week as well against Tampa Bay. Mike Boone. Oh, it's Mike Boone, not CJ Ham. I would I would think it's Mike Boone as the natural handcuff because you have CJ Ham, who's just the fullback. Right. But if you would ask okay. him who the natural guy is, that would be a 15, 20 touch guy. If something were to happen to Dalvin Cook and there'd be no Alexander Madison, it would be Mike Boone. At least, okay. at least for me. Okay. That works. 
Well, he would definitely be fresh. I mean, Mike Boonbridge has not got a lot of work. Yes, he would be. He would be <laughs> very fresh. I can tell you that right now. Considering that he played two snaps on offense and didn't receive a touch. Yeah, but who, wants, who really wants to trust their faith in Mike Boone again after he completely dogged everybody week 16 of last season? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. You're right, though. You are right. I normally am. Anyway, so let's move on to the wide receivers, shall we? We shall. Is this a deeper week, you think, for wide receivers? Yes. Yes. It is, a, it is in fact, a, uh, a deeper week for, for the receivers. I actually feel like this is as healthy of a receiver market as there probably has been all season long in terms of guys that you could pick up right now and start this week. I think that this, again, is as healthy – of a receiver market as we've had all year. And this is true, where though. I would be spending yeah. the majority of my fab dollars is going at the receiver position. Unless of course, cam makers is available, which then you make sure you spend a fuck ton of your fab. I mean, you have players like Kiki QT, Darna Mooney, Tim Patrick, um, Gabriel Davis, golden Tate, Sammy Watkins, who are all available, who are all under our 50% owned threshold in ESPN leagues. You said my top three, just in no particular order. <laughs> would you like, would you like my, uh, my top three? Is this, is this the, is this the time? Can you repeat it in the order that you put it in? Surely. T Y Hilton, number three, Tim Patrick, number two, Kiki Kuti, number one. All right. Well, there you go. T.Y. Hilton, great matchup for him against Las Vegas. Uh, Tim Patrick, much of the same, great matchup against Carolina. And then Kiki Kuti, a fine enough matchup against Chicago, who, let's just face it, they got cooked by the receivers for for Detroit and Matt Stafford. So um, this should be a fine enough matchup for someone like Deshaun Watson to do the business and at least keep the Texans competitive. In, in this game. Yes. Man, yep. You're right. Um, anybody else before we move on to tight ends? Um, I mean, if we just go, th- if we go through this, this list that I basically have created for myself, um, Henry Ruggs is all right. Um, Denzel Mims, I-, I think he is someone that I would definitely look at, look at, especially in keeper dynasty leagues. And I guess Gabriel Davis. I mean, I keep, I keep really, uh, you know, slamming the desk for for Gabriel Davis, and I never have the the guts to say, you know, just go and flat out start him. But I think as long as John Brown is not there, he has a very very usable role as one of the primary pass catchers for Josh Allen. He's a big bodied receiver, which Josh Allen absolutely loves. So. I have no problem if someone had said to me, hey, I'm going to go and pick up Gabriel Davis and play him in a, in a 12 or 14 team league. That's fine. That's fine by me. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. I, I Listen, I have no issue with it. Really. I, I, I don't. All right. Cool. 
So let's move on to the tight ends. And we've gone back down to the depths of no depth. Yeah. Yeah, this position. This position is uh this position is very sad. I mean, it's like the same names over and over again that you're seeing. Yep. Dalton Schultz is still somehow under under our uh threshold. It's a minor miracle, if you ask me. Yeah. I mean Jordan Reed, I guess, also. Well, I can tell you right now, Jordan Reed is my number one. Yeah, well. I can tell you who it is. Dalton Schultz, three. Logan Thomas, two. Jordan Reed, one. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, Logan Thomas is definitely a bright spot. And it's, a, it's a thin, thin market. And... You know, I understand that no leagues are the same. So if there's someone like, and again, we talked about this on the review show on, on Monday, or excuse me. Yeah. On Monday, on Monday, I'm, 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 I keep thinking today is Tuesday. So forgive me where we talked about Mike Isicki and we talked about, you know, what his situation is in terms of, can you really trust Mike Isicki if push comes to shove? I don't know if you can. I know for me and I know for Adam as well, because we talked about this, we both would have an issue with starting Mike Kosicki. But I think part of the problem is that's just the landscape of the position. It's not necessarily Mike Kosicki. That's the old, the, 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 the glaring problem with the tight end position. It's that whole group of tight ends from like tight end nine to tight end whatever is you have a whole group of guys that are just unstartable where you have, I, I wouldn't say unstartable. I would say you have doubts about if you really want to start them and they're sort of Hail Mary plays like Mike Kosicki, like Jared Cook, like um, Jordan Reed, like Logan Thomas, like Dalton Schultz, like Rob Gronkowski, those kind of guys where Dallas Goddard. Dallas Goddard, I think Dallas Goddard is a bit more consistent, but he's kind of on the low end of guys that are that are consistent where I think I would be okay. So kind of like in the range of Hunter Henry, that sort, that sort of range where you're talking about tight end seven, tight end eight before you get to the tight end nine and then below where it just complete crap shoots at, at the position if you, if you get my gist. So um, – you know, I, I'm honestly, I'm looking at this position and I'm saying to myself, you know, this is a scary position. If you don't have a Travis Kelsey or a Darren Waller or a TJ Hawkinson, because man, oh man, is this going to be daunting if you're streaming tight end for the fantasy playoffs, because God almighty, I wish you the best of luck. Yeah, I mean, honestly, you could put Eric Ebron on that list too. He's had a really solid year that nobody Eric talks Ebron, about. Eric Ebron, I ha- I have in that in that group of sort of yeah. like tight end nine, tight end ten, and just sort of like guys that that flip flop. Who would have thought it took two? It took two years at two really good organizations to actually fulfill the potential that he was drafted for in Detroit. Who would have thought? Who would have thunk it? Yeah, it took him getting out of Detroit and going to Indianapolis and Pittsburgh. For him to realize his full potential. Going to two quarterbacks that love tight ends. Who would have thunk it? Who would have thunk it? Um, yeah. So 
this is yeah let's just move on to the defenses because i'm kind of sick of talking about this at this point in time surely and i wonder who your top defenses are this week i could probably take a wild guess as to one of them oh you, you you can yeah would you would you like to fill me in well and i can tell you if you're right I mean, the Saints are probably one of them, right? The New Orleans Saints? Yeah. Yep. Show me New Orleans Saints. <laughs> Ding! Number two on the board. So the top five that I have for this week, I have the Carolina Panthers at number five. I have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at number four. I have the Los Angeles Rams at number three. New Orleans Saints at number two, and the Seattle Seahawks at numero uno. Oh, what a shock. I know. Big, big, big surprise. I know. Um, if you're looking for some other matchups that could be really, really nice to try and explore, uh, the Chiefs going up against Miami in Miami. I think it could be a, a good one there. San Francisco versus Washington. I think that one is is totally fine. Tennessee. For both defenses? Um. San Francisco versus Washington. You think both defenses could be good? No. I'm, well, I'm asking. I think so. I think so. I wouldn't have a problem if you said to me you're playing Washington against San Francisco. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have a problem either way. Okay. Yeah, I think that's, that's a good call, Adam. Uh, I really wouldn't have an issue uh, either way. Um, Indianapolis against Las Vegas, I think, could be okay. They're at the lower end of my startable defenses. Uh, but if we're looking for available streamers that you could go and pick up right now, uh, for me, the obvious one is Tampa Bay. Coming off of a buy, odds are plenty of owners have dropped Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, they should be pretty available. Here's a set that's going to blow your mind. Tampa Bay is owned in 60.5% of leagues in ESPN. Really? Yeah. A lot of people held on to them. Mm-hmm. Well, very smart. Very, very, very smart because Tom Brady's playoff schedule is real nice. Real, yeah. real nice. Like he he's available in one league that I'm in and I'm throwing heavy fab to get him. So, Adam, that's a, that's a great that's a great call. Yeah, well, actually, so he's available in or he's owned in 60.5% of leagues. The Tennessee Titans are owned in 20.7% of ESPN leagues. Wow. Yep. I'm, I'm surprised. Well, I guess it's because they were going up against Cleveland. They had a negative six. <laughs> That's true. That is, that is also true. And um, before we go, Adam, this is part of the show. Well, actually, we have to preview Thursday night before we go. Oh, shit. Yeah, we got to preview Thursday night. Um, so before we preview Thursday night, then, this is the part of the program where I provide some edumacation in some way, shape, or form. So for the playoffs, what I like to do is, especially when I have a buy and I don't have any lineup decisions to make for the week. I like to hunt for my streaming defense the week before 
and go into the week knowing that I have my defense for the following week ready ready to go. So, for example, in one league, I have the Cleveland Browns defense locked and loaded, ready to go for when they play Sunday night against the Giants. If Colt McCoy is the starter there, I have the Cle- that Cleveland defense fired up, ready to go. But if you're looking for a week 15 defense right off the rip that you can go and stash and you don't need to fight the waiver wire, you beat the waiver wire to this one, there are some defenses that are readily available that you can go and potentially try and pick up for next week in playoffs. And yes, it all hinges on you winning. I I understand that if you are playing in matchups this week, but if you're on bye, this is the week to do it. So a couple matchups that scream to me right away. These are defenses that you can go and, p- and pick up. Uh, the Buffalo Bills, if they're available, going to Denver and taking on the Denver Broncos. Uh, we mentioned the Cleveland Browns going uh, to the Meadowlands and taking on the Giants. Uh, I look the at the Arizona Cardinals. That, that's, the, that's the big one. <laughs> that's the big one I think I think for me that I would be going and making sure that I pick up is the Arizona Cardinals against the Philadelphia Eagles at home. I think that could be a a really really good one and if you're able to get the Titans this week and you're able to play them against Jacksonville, you have another week that you can use next week when the Titans play the Detroit Lions at home. What about um the 49ers going up against the Cowboys? Yeah, that one's not bad. That was not, that was not terrible. Or the Bucks, if you had, if you held on to the Bucks, and they're going to Atlanta to play the Falcons. Yeah, if you were one of the uh, the smart sixty percent of leagues that held on to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, then yeah, it it, it would make sense to uh, to play them again. The Bucks playoff schedule is really really nice. Yeah, so I, Actually, I have no I have no problem there. If you want to. If if you want to know what the Bucks playoff schedule is, it is they're they're home against Minnesota, then they go to Atlanta, and then to Detroit in Week 16, yep. and then in Week 17 they're home against Atlanta. Yep, there you go. So, man, the schedule is weird this week this this year, so weird. And other news: the sky is blue, Adam. Yes. Anyway. Um, yeah, so let's preview Thursday Night Football. Let's do it. And we already talked about Cam Akers as far as injuries are concerned. So we already talked about Cam Akers. Um, Cam Newton is questionable heading into this game, but he was able to play uh, last week against the Chargers. So unless something crazy happens, I don't think he is in doubt of not playing on Thursday. Um, but he was just limited in Tuesday's practice. Um, other than that, nothing crazy. I mean, the injury report's long. It is very long, but a lot of it are not necessarily fantasy relevant players. Um, yeah. So as far as your starter meter, where are you putting somebody like Cam Newton? I mean, you're not comfortable. I, I wouldn't be comfortable starting Cam Newton. No, because now the starter meter takes a whole another definition because it's playoff time. The playoff starter meter. Yeah, the playoff meter. Playoff meter. Playoff meter. I kind of like that better. The playoff meter. 
Um, on the startometer, Cam is probably a five. No, it's the playoffometer. Oh, it's the playoffometer now. Yeah. Okay, for the next three weeks, it's a playoff for me. I'm making fine. an executive decision. Oh, oh, okay. You're 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 in a place. You're in a place of power where you can make an executive decision. We're doing a rebrand of the starter meter to the playoff meter. Adam, you're getting too comfortable in your position. <laughs> <laughs> I would say Cam Newton's a five. I mean, I have him as a top fifteen play. I don't have him as a top twelve play. Okay. And what about the running backs? You have Damian Harris. You have James White. Um, anybody? Damian, yeah. Damian Harris is like a top twenty-four ish play. I don't love him, but I don't I don't hate him. So he's like he's like a six. James White is a top thirty play in PPR. So he's like a five, and that's just sort of that. Well, I think. Net, see, okay, if we were using the startometer, the old startometer, then I think the receivers might might have been worth more of a look. But now that we're in the playoff meter, <sighs> everything has more weight to it. And yeah, so I think that the receivers, they may be fours or fives on the startometer. They might be like twos and threes on the playoff meter. Yeah, I think the only one that you could realistically say is a good enough start in deeper leagues is Jacoby Myers. That's it. Yeah. And obviously, if the tight ends aren't worth considering on the starter meter. They're not worth considering here. No. No, if not good enough for the starter meter, not good enough for the playoff meter. That's right. And Jared Goff. Seven. I wonder what you're going to say about Cam Akers. Seven. Okay. Seven. Top 20 play. Darrell Henderson? Five. Okay. Gets enough volume where I could see him being a, a viable enough flex. But not really Malcolm Brown either. Or not Malcolm Brown. Correct. At this point. Yeah. Correct. And then the receivers, of course, in the in the playoffs, you are starting Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. Yep. Cooper Cup is a nine. Robert Woods is an eight. Robert Woods, I just, feel, I just feel like, is going to have to deal with the Stefan Gilmore experience. Yeah. Well, also, I mean, if J.C. Jackson doesn't play, then whoever is opposite Stefan Gilmore is going to have a, a, a bad time. Well, Cooper Cup will be more in the slot, so it'll really be a combination of Josh Reynolds and Van Jefferson that should have more of an increased opportunity if J.C. Jackson is out. Yeah, and on Jonathan Jones also might not play either. Oh, grand. So, I mean, oh boy. You're talking about this entire secondary just being banged up. I mean, you have Kyle Duggar as well, who was limited in Monday's practice estimate, who is questionable heading into this game. You have JC Jackson John, and Jonathan Jones. Um, you have uh defensive you know, you have the defensive side of the ball, you have Two defensive tackles, Lawrence Guy, who's been questionable, it seems like forever. Heading into oh, the games. New skies blue. Yeah. Grass is so, green, water is wet. I mean, this is this is a very banged up New England Patriots squad. Yeah. Heading heading to Los Angeles. Yep, you could say that again. Well, at least they're gonna be playing in the same stadium. True. True. Where they then, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if you were planning on going to the tight ends at all. Well, I was gonna say I was just wanted to know. Because sometimes it's nice, it's nice seeing your reaction to these kinds of things. 
uh, like, you know, what the, what the verdict, what your verdict is, is on Tyler Higby and Gerald Everett. On the start meter Higby would be okay. But on the playoff meter five for Higby, three for Everett. That's, yeah. They're just so, not, they're not safe. They're not. They're really not. So is that what you were going to say? Yes. Basically? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I was just going to say that I can't trust these tight ends. If you if you have more of a more of an iron stomach than I do, then I guess if I had to pick one, I would say Higby. But I don't I don't love it. I mean, yeah. This this is like the one time of year, Adam, where we need to be very, very, very clear about the guys that we love and we don't love. Yes. So I think I'm gonna say about five times, I do not love Tyler Higby. Do not but get it twisted. To pick one. I would pick Higby. I mean, it's like picking it, – it'd be like saying, oh, hey, Adam, what's your favorite – who's your favorite team between the Patriots and the Dolphins? <laughs> I'd like – can I go – can I take the nuclear option? What did – uh, Before we go. Yes. There is some news about the earlier question that I asked about Ohio State, Texas A&M, and Florida. The Big Ten yeah. is currently voting on allowing Ohio State to be eligible for the Big Ten title game versus Northwestern with the five and zero record. So I did see, I did see that. Cha-ching. Well, there you go. O fucking H. I fucking O. Up the Bucks. Right. So. With that being said, thank you for listening to this episode of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. You can find all episodes of not only this, the fantasy show, but also the vanilla Basement Talk Podcast, the regular Basement Talk Podcast with Jake and Bird, where I assume they'll be talking about college football. Yep, and we'll be talking about the Major League Baseball winter meetings as well. And the little hint, hint for all of the um, other fans of New York baseball that do not include the 27 time world champion, New York Yankees. There will be a lot of talk regarding the Mets tomorrow. Let's go Mets. Let's go Mets. <gasps> oh, my name is Adam. I finally have an owner that's rich and wants to spend all sorts of money. JT Realmudo, I want him. Trevor Bauer. I want him. Anybody else, Lindor? Oh, I'll take him too. Yay! Pun completely intended, but this is rich coming from a Yankees fan. That's rich coming from a Yankees fan. I'll just say that. I don't know what you're talking about. Anyway, you can listen to all of that. And you can also find the Basement Talk podcast debate as well as the Basement Talk podcast presentational on Apple Podcasts. Spotify, SoundCloud, and Amazon Music. Bert and I will be talking to you on Friday, as per usual, previewing Sunday's games and also talking about the game that uh, happened on Thursday between the Patriots and the Rams. So for my co-host, Ed Birdsell, I'm Adam Caster, and we will talk to you next time on the Best of Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. Bye-bye.